to another episode of The Brett Bailey Show, where I find inspiring men to share their story, impart their wisdom, and hopefully change your life and the whole masculine culture at large. If you're somebody who wants to be free of their deepest fears, find real emotional freedom, and attract the life of their wildest dreams, then you are listening to the right podcast. So without further ado, let's dive into another episode. All right, welcome back everybody to The Brett Bailey Show. I'm very happy to have you here. Um, This is our second time recording this episode now due to some Wi-Fi difficulties. Um, But I'm very happy to have you here because today's guest, I'm very sure is going to resonate with you. For the men listening, what our guest today has done is something that is very very from his warrior archetype, very from his um, facing fears mentality, going into battle and and dealing with some of his inner shit. And he did this through a 100-day rejection challenge. He faced a fear uh, of rejection every single day for 100 days. This isn't some 30-day, you know, get get fit challenge or some, you know, shit. This is 100 days of emotional uh, um, regulation because I guarantee during the 100 days, more than once, Matt's survival system kicked on and was like, dude, walk the fuck away. This is stupid. <laughs> Why the fuck am I doing this? You know, um, and so he had to regulate his emotions um, every day for 100 days, and that has an insane impact on a human being, so... Um, anyways, without further ado, uh, Matt Lewis, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great to be here. And hopefully my Wi-Fi cooperates now. <laughs> yes, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, I'd love to, uh, again, start with the actual challenge itself. Just explaining to the guys listening, what was this challenge and why you decided to do it? Yeah, so back in the summer of 2021, I was just going through YouTube, watching TED Talks, just laying in bed and came across one that said rejection's really not that bad. And I saw the title. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, who liked rejection? So clicked on it, watched it. There's a guy named Ja, and he actually did this challenge uh, quite a few years ago. And he went 100 days in a row asking for something new every day with the expectation of getting told no. He got to get some pretty cool experiences and he took a lot of good things away from the challenge. So I was like, okay, that seems pretty cool. I should do that. And the next day, I sent it, didn't give myself time to second guess myself, didn't plan out the perfect time to do it. I just said, all right, this sounds like something I want to do and started. I love I, I love that, that. That, again, you've said it twice to me now in the last five minutes. I love hearing that. It's like when we protect our passion, our passion protects us. It's like when we have something that is so important, important enough to us, circumstances of our life will mold around that. But we often get in our heads and we're like, well, it's not the right time. Maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I'll start next week or like a thousand and one other things we might say to ourselves. Were you always like that? Were you always able to take action right away? Or is this something that maybe the the military had trained you for? How how did that uh, mental and emotional process click? And do you still, like if you say want to like, um, like in any, in any case of your life, something that you know you need to do, are you just able to do it? Or what blocks may you have? Yeah, I say that's definitely an aspect that I consciously and constantly work on. So yeah. I, I 100% appreciate the value of taking action immediately because the less time you have between the decision to the action, the more likely you are to follow through. Yeah. Um, but naturally, I am more of an analysis type person. So um, <laughs> yes. I'm in the, the real estate investing space. And one of the common terms is analysis paralysis, where you just look at the numbers, you keep learning, you keep doing more before you take that action and jump into it. So I historically do kind of go down that path, but there are times where I'm just like, you know, 
just got to send it. I'm working on that every day, like <laughs> make the decision, send the action. And that's truly where yes. you start to personally grow when you don't give yourself that time to doubt yourself or your time to, yes. to back out. Yes, I, I, I love that. I, I heard recently that what does fear and faith have in common? They're both made up. And so basically, like in those moments, we should choose faith as opposed to listen to the fear or the doubt, because like, dude, we're the creators of our reality, you know, like, but I think we've just been so conditioned and trained to believe the voice of fear or doubt because it's been most prominent and what school systems teach us how to regulate our emotions or regulate our mental processes. We have to like go search out therapy, especially for men. Most men are like, fuck therapy. I don't need fucking therapy you know? Um, and so, and maybe they don't, but, but what I'm saying is that we've been conditioned to believe that fear and doubt are like truth. Like we just kind of believe it, you know, whereas there's a whole other life where it's like inspiration, joy, passion, creativity, love. And like, we can just step into that. So what was some of the, the voices that came up in your head? Like if you, this is getting a bit vulnerable for a second, but it wasn't one of the, the off limit pieces is like, what, what was it like, what was one of the actual thoughts that you had or one of the, the, th the things that you held, have held shame around in the past that you, that you faced during the hundred day challenge? So I let's just kind of jump into my backstory of why I might not like rejection just in general. Yes. So, yes. um, I'm, I'm naturally a people pleaser. So like growing up, I yes. always try to, to do things where I didn't come across as, as negative or didn't cause people to have bad yes. opinions of me. So instead yes. of just necessarily being authentic, it would be more like, how can I not rock the boat, not lean one way or the other. And really that just kind of influenced interactions, especially with new people like, Oh, don't, don't be too out there because who knows what they'll think. Don't be too much. Don't be too outrageous. And I'm just curious, who did you learn that from? I don't, I'm not sure exactly where I learned it. It just seems like it's always kind of in there growing up. Like I've just tended so to be on the quieter side. Got you. Um, got you. Yes. And okay, keep back, going. back in the day growing up, I didn't have this marvelous mustache. So I wasn't super, super <laughs> yes. confident. It's, a great all mustache, that. Dude. <laughs> it's very thick. Dude. I got to get mine into that level of thickness. You just like, how long have you grown that out for? How long has it been? Uh, it's probably been about two and a half months, two months oh, or so. Dude, this is like almost two and a half years for me. So you're pretty good. <laughs> okay. I, I, by the way, I was like, finally, another guy who just has a mustache. I was like, I've been waiting for this moment <laughs> for the last, you know, months. Um, anyways, uh, sorry to interrupt, but you were saying that you basically had been grown up as a people pleaser, which for anyone listening who doesn't know, it's a survival response. It's called in, uh, in psychology, they call it fawning. Like um, it's, a, it's a response to receive love from people in a way. And I'm, I'm not trying to denigrate you here, Matt, because I, I was a nice guy, a people pleaser myself. Um, <laughs> proudly, you know, <laughs> um, and um and um, it, it's actually a form of manipulation because we're changing our authentic expression to get a certain response from people. Even if it's nice and it's say better than like lying and hurting somebody on purpose, for example, um, it still is a form of manipulation. So I just wanna say that for everyone who isn't aware. And so Matt, you were there people pleasing and that was kind of how you grew up. And then what experiences in your life um, really had this, uh, or um, uh, what's the word, crystallized or strengthened this fear for you of rejection? Yeah, I don't know if there was any necessarily defining aspect. I think it was just kind of having that 
that habit growing up and just every every time I would continue doing it it would just keep solidifying that that's just how I kind of acted and it really took some kind of in inward uh introspection and just some real self-reflection to realize that one there's really no point in doing that because if I'm showing a fake version of me to people and they like me for that then that's not someone that I truly want to be around if they don't like who I actually am. And two, it's just holding myself back because I'm not, not outwardly being what I want to be. So just going through that. And then also just some mindset, like thinking through the bigger picture. So in terms of rejection, uh, what I'll do these days is before I go into a situation, I'll, I'll kind of think through what the possible outcomes are. So what are the good outcomes? What are the bad outcomes? And then I say, can I live with these outcomes? The answer is always yes. Like, nothing catastrophic is going to happen. And when I decide that, yes, I can live with those outcomes, just go for it. And we were also mentioning before the call, how we're just on a rock floating. So that's another way to put it into perspective. Like if you really think about how small we are and how limited our time here is, like it makes it easier to, to just be yourself and do the things you want to do. Because if you really think about it, like we're floating through space. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes i like like really we're just like you know i heard this from the ball he's like he's like basically we're, we're all just monkeys and you know floating on a big ball of dirt <laughs> i was like okay yeah that kind of takes my ego down a lot because fear is coming from the ego fear is coming from separation it's coming from um I, i've heard from thick not hun that all fear is really just the fear of annihilation of the ego or, or death all fear is the fear of death and i think that's one of the reasons matt why the perspective of that we're in space or the perspective of I'm going to die. I actually, I think that's the reason why it's so potent at actually eliminating fear, or at least, or at least at the very least, if not eliminating the fear, building up more courage than the fear. So we can actually do something. Um, I think it's because all fear is really the fear of death. And if we go into our fear and we ask the question, and then what, it gets really funny. Like you go singing, like in front of a restaurant or something and you're fear, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. What's going to happen if you sing? they're going to laugh at me. Well, if if they laugh at you and then what, well, then I'm going to feel like, you know, I'm going to feel embarrassed. Oh, you feel embarrassed. And then what? Well, and even after three, I'm like, I don't even know. Okay. I guess I just feel embarrassed. And then you can just accept it. So tell me a little bit about some of the little hacks or processes or perceptions that you use in those moments. Because by the way, I'm sure you and I both know that planning, if you can plan something consciously, but in the actual moment, your body is now telling you how you really feel so in those moments how did you self-regulate to, to get yourself to do it and what were some of the things that you maybe learned that really work to help overcome fear for yourself yeah like you mentioned that's that's a huge point you can think all the things in the world ahead of time and then when you get there it's different so I'd have all these plans like yeah I'm gonna go do x y and z and then yeah. your mind plays amazing tricks on you because when you're in the moment yeah your brain is saying like, why are you actually doing this? You don't have to do this. You can walk away and you start to believe it. So it's really just separating your, your conscious thoughts from like what you know you want to do. So just kind of recognizing that you're having those thoughts is I think the start. So you can just take a step back. You say, I'm I'm noticing my thoughts are saying X, Y, and Z. I don't have to listen to that. So that's like step one of just separating that and observing what you're thinking. And then again, I, a lot of these these rejections that I did are people that I have never seen since then. And it's just constantly reminding myself, like at the end of the day, like you said, and then what, what's the worst that can happen? It's really not that bad. I'll never see these people again. Like I was just scrolling through, I've got like a summary of um, all the challenge days on my blog. So I was just kind of looking through them and 
even the worst ones, the ones that were the most uncomfortable, the ones that were the most painful in the moment, yeah. looking back, like none of those people probably remember I exist. I don't even know who those people were. Like <laughs> yeah. there's no impact going forward. So just remembering that, that those, those seemingly important and, and significant uncomfortable moments at the time are really won't have a grand effect on you overall. And it's just keeping that perspective and knowing that in the moment, which is hard, yeah, it's very hard to hard. do, but it's yeah. just separating the thoughts you're having from, from the higher knowing that it's not truly a threat and your body does have those reactions. Like this was especially hard in yes. the, the first couple of weeks before I started to get acclimated. Like I'd go up, I'd get nervous. My hands would get cold and it was just forcing myself through that and just yeah yeah accepting it <laughs> oh, and then forcing myself through it anyway <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's definitely hard I'm not saying it's easy but it's just working through that and getting the reps in and consciously yeah. working to separate those thoughts from from your higher perspective and pushing through it is what I found made the challenge easier as it went on so like bringing a higher perspective and then like folk really focusing on that high, higher perspective and not focusing on the thoughts of fear as much as what I'm hearing. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, which is difficult. I mean, um, are you familiar with doc Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, Matt? I'm not, no. No, okay, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, he basically talks about how you can't think greater than how you feel. And what you've done is like, you've really like, even though you felt this, you're basically using like all your willpower possible to like think greater than how you feel basically. Like your hands are getting fucking cold. Like you feel like, nervous you feel etc cetera, etc cetera, but you're choosing to think greater than how you feel and that's a huge act of will and i actually believe that it's built it builds real muscle for you like i i think one of the big values of this is it affects every area of our life even if it's just like me wanting to beat my record in um in, my, in the cold bath in the ice bath or in, in the sauna or in the gym like it's just like just kind of being able to like sit with things a bit longer consciously be in those feelings a bit longer I've learned that like, I feel like that's like the whole work of success or achievement or really just enjoying life is even in relationships. I know this isn't a topic that you necessarily wanted to dive into. For me, a big piece of my journey has been my sexual life because I felt very insecure sexually. I felt like um, I wasn't big enough. I felt like I wasn't sexy enough or good enough in bed or you know a number of things that I had fear around. But as I started consciously working with that, I started to realize that is if I could just sit through some of this discomfort and like allow myself to relax into my body, it actually got really, really fun. And all these like belief, limiting beliefs went away. So I, I want to ask you, like, how has this affected other areas of your life? And, I, and I'm actually curious as well, what kind of people did you attract? Like I would be one example of a person that you've attracted into your life because you've done this challenge. Like had you not done this challenge, I probably would not have heard of you or like reached out to you. So like what, what, what result did it have in other areas of your life because you've done this challenge? What's happened as a result? So I think the big thing is it's just <clears throat> helped me be more comfortable searching for new opportunities because yeah. I have built up the reps like 100 days of getting told no. It's, it started to, to become routine. Like it wasn't something I so much feared towards the end there. So just kind of accepting that and moving forward I was like okay I asked for a lot of things during this challenge that I didn't really care about now I'll start kind of mm. moving and asking for more things that would have more of an impact on my life so I started 
branching out from just the challenge to more like uh, reaching out for things that would help me or like I was interested in. So even if I got told no, I was still okay with that, but it was starting to help me move forward and connect with more people. Um, yeah. So I've, I've gotten mentors through doing that from just asking how I could help them. And if there's any like way that I could learn from them while I help them out, um, things like that. So yeah, yeah, definitely taking the challenge and then putting it more in a, a real life framework has helped me move forward and connect with more people. And just to touch briefly back on your point about kind of sitting inside your body as you're feeling these things. So I read the book, The Untethered Soul. And since yeah. then I've kind of made it part of my, my daily affirmations and the, the daily mindset things I go through is to just separate those thoughts from myself and then just like sit back in those thoughts and witness them. And then consciously like feel how my body reacts to things and do my best to just release it. So just sitting back in and, and feeling what I'm feeling, but noticing that it's the feeling and not necessarily just me that's worked up, just observing that and then releasing it. So that's been a good practice that I, I go through daily. I like read that I'm not my thoughts. I'm observing and I'm able to, to make decisions from that. So that's just kind of the daily mindset work I go through. But yeah, definitely just branching out, connecting with more people, being open, being yes. more, um, being more willing to see how I can provide value to other people. And then where that's reciprocated. Mm. So that's kind of how it's extrapolated past the challenge into the rest of my life. Um, I, I love what you said. I mean, there's a lot of what I said, and I, I love Michael Singer as well. Um, my, my, one of my favorite teachers for sure. And um, I, I love that you're into his work. And, um, but the thing that I love the most from what I heard there was how you're, you said you're willing to see how you can provide value. And so right off the bat, I can relate to that. And what it shows is a lack of a sense of worthiness. I am actually valuable enough. I actually do have value to provide. And it, I think it's like, it's been a huge part of my journey. And I'd love for you to just touch for yourself, touch on for yourself. Like what, what did you not see initially in yourself that you ended up seeing in yourself after this challenge? Like as you've built the self-confidence that inevitably happens when you do a challenge like this, what did you start to see in yourself? Like, oh shit, I am pretty fucking awesome in this way, in this way. And oh fuck, you know, like, come on. You know, what, what, what did you start to see in yourself after, after the challenge? And like you said, the confidence definitely rose like before thinking about going and asking for random things, I wouldn't have confidence or see myself doing that. And now afterwards, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can go talk to whoever I want. I can walk up to anybody and um, yes, really like the, the world is my oyster kind of having that realization that yes. once you have that confidence and you break through, like you can do anything you want. You just set your mind to it and you, you take the actions going forward uh, in terms of providing value to people um, at the beginning. Um, kind of my my way of finding out how to do that is through my interactions just asking the question like is there anything that you're that you're facing right now that's a challenge is there anything that you're struggling with like is there any way I can help you so it's just kind of the the broad blanket way to see if there's something that you can help someone with but yeah I think that's step one and then kind of taking that to the next level for providing value is really doing a self-reflection and like writing down what your strengths are like what you know you're good at like Maybe you're detail oriented, maybe you're good with numbers, maybe you're good at reading and copywriting and X, Y, and Z. And then knowing kind of what you can bring to the table, finding someone, asking them what are their challenges, and then seeing how your skill set can fit that, 
say someone's like, oh, I'm not very good at social media. I'm not very good at marketing. You can be like, well, I know that I'm good at social media. Could I help you kind of improve your social media space? Or someone's like, oh, I'm not very detail oriented. You could be like, oh, I love reading and editing things. Like, feel free to send anything over you do and I'll go through it and I'll revise it and make it better. So just kind of, you can have the broad, mm. the broad approach of how can I help you? Or you can kind of dial in what you know your strengths are and then kind of going from there to provide that more targeted offering to someone else that you want to help out. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Makes sense. And I, I love that. And I'm, but I'm, I'm curious if you're willing to share, like what were some of the specific things that you noticed in yourself after, like after the fact that you maybe didn't notice before, like as an, as an example, um, this, this is a weird one that I'll share for myself. I don't think I've ever shared this live. Um, I had a belief that I was selfish and I was selfish at times. We all can be selfish at times, but I had a belief I was selfish. Meanwhile, like I'm building this business where I'm helping men. Like my focus is like always on serve, like almost always on service and helping the men that I work with. And I was, and I realized at a certain point after I, I loved myself enough to see the truth in a sense where I, like it just became clear that I was judging myself for being selfish. I was judging myself for filling out my own cup or for doing something that was just for me. And I was like, wait a second, like, no, actually, I deserve to like be, to, uh, excuse me, I, I, um, I am actually very selfless. Like I help so many people. And like, that was something that I actually was able to own that I didn't own before, because I was just like, not, I just, I held back giving myself love. That's the truth. I held back giving myself credit, attention, praise, as if other people that I worked with deserved it, but I didn't for some reason. I had to earn it. I had to do something to earn it. And I would love to know your experience probably I'm just imagining you're going through the same thing or, or something similar. Like how have you learned to praise yourself or reward yourself or be present with yourself as you're going through something? Um, the breathwork instructor Wim Hof in his book, he says that real self-love is being able to just simply be present with yourself in your most awkward, in your most uncomfortable, in your most fearful. That's real self-love. And I just would love to know your opinion on self-love and, and your journey with it. So I'd say one of the biggest shifts I had was probably, like I said, most of my life, I would have definitely considered myself the introvert. Like I'm just a quieter person. That's just who I am kind of in the negative sense of the word introvert. Cause yeah. inherently I would say I'm an introvert where I kind of recharge and, and unwind by being alone, but I no longer view that as like the negative. I'm a quiet person that I'm not out having fun or talking to people like going through this talking to new people, um, building new connections. Like I've kind of shifted my perspective that that's not who I need to be. Like, I don't, I don't have to identify with the image I had of myself. If I'm just like a quieter person, like I I've seen through my experiences and I've kind of shifted my identities where like, I am a people person. Like I go out, I interact, I connect yeah. with people. Like I still enjoy my alone time to kind of recharge and be by myself. But like, I now don't think, oh, I like to be alone and I don't like to talk to new people. Like I've, I've moved past that. I've kind of shifted my identity and I, I enjoy talking to people. I like seeing what they're up to. Like, yeah, I like connecting with people. So that's kind of a big shift that I've gone through is from, from the quiet guy to now I like engaging with people. Um, and I think that also kind of ties into the self-love piece because when I did identify as that, that quiet person who wasn't a people person, I was not happy with that. Like I did not like that about myself. Yes. Uh, 
Yeah. So now that I've kind of re-identified and, and changed how I act, I am more happy with who I am because um, like connecting with other people is such a huge aspect of fulfillment and success. Like being that that quiet person and not engaging with other people was really just hurting part of the fulfillment I had. So kind of moving past that allowed me to to love myself more. I love that. And and what I'm hearing there, Matt, is that it's added it's added fulfillment to your life because it's more of who you really are. Like you do have a side of you that's a little bit out there, that's a little bit wild or more intense. You do have those sides and only the shy person because you, I'm sure you still have that introvert within you. You still have that guy who, like you said, likes to have alone time and maybe doesn't speak up, not because he doesn't think he can, but just because there's no need to speak up. Like I'm sure you saw the side of yourself that just kind of can just sit there and enjoy. But you also have the other side that's more fiery, that's more wild, you know, the dark masculine or whatever you want to call it. And, um, and I, I love it. And I think that so much of our suffering is just us not owning who we really are and holding ourselves back from expressing how we really are. And that to actually go sing or go dance or go get face the fear of being rejected, but to do what we really love and to express as we are, I don't know a greater high than that. I honestly don't. I've done mushrooms, you know, that was fun. But like this, this high is not like nothing I've ever experienced. It's just truly like, uh, just, just for context, this moment for me was when I was on a beach by myself. It was like five in the morning in Bali, Indonesia, like a year and a half ago or so or something like that, maybe two years ago. And I'm literally on a beach at five in the morning. Nobody is there. And I went there every morning so I could just be by myself and nobody would judge me. So I could just be weird with myself, <laughs> to be totally honest. And I, I give my clients this all the time. I give them what I call 15 minutes of weird. It's like a homework I give. Where for 15 minutes, they lock themselves in a room. No one sees them. And they just, they just get weird, man. Like just whatever they want to do. I just connect with themselves. And I remember there's one time I was on the beach. And I was just like literally joking as if I was up on stage as a comedian, just joking to the ocean. The waves were rolling in. I was making my, myself laugh so fucking hard for like 20 minutes straight. I, I had never laughed so hard in my life. But the cool piece is that at the end of that full just flow of self-expression, I was like on top of the world. I was like, nothing could get me down after that. Nothing. And um, that's what I want for more men is like, wow, this feeling is available to us. And all we have to do is just be ourselves and express, but we just have to overcome that, those fears. And like the life that we want is ours, you know, which is kind of exciting. So um, I want to end off with this. I know we're getting to the end of the time here. I want to be respectful for the time that we've set. What would be um, one piece of advice, Matt, that you would give to uh, a man in his 20s to help him overcome his fear of rejection? I would say just get out there and start with something small. It doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to, to ask for the world right up front. Just find little opportunities throughout your day to push your comfort zone, uh, mm. to get uncomfortable, like make yourself have that, that reaction, see what it feels like, sit back in that feeling and be like, okay, I'm nervous. I'm recognizing it. I know I yeah. feel like this and I'm going to yeah. push through it anyway. So just small yeah. things. It could be going to Starbucks and saying, oh, can I get a 5% discount? And they're going to be like, no. And you're like, all right, well, thanks for my coffee. Like, it doesn't have to be anything huge. <laughs> yes. Just like, know you're going to get told no and embrace yes. it. Feel what it feels like. And just know that those small reps you build up will kind of callous the mind to get to the bigger things that you can start to push your boundaries in, in the more 
significant situations and that's where you can open up doors and open up opportunities that can improve your life going forward. I think that's such great advice, especially when it comes to fear is that obviously because it's fearful, we don't want to do the big things. Like, so I, I'm going to just echo what, what you said there, Matt, because I, I, I love that you went there. Um, to, you don't have to go approach, you know, the sexiest woman at the bar tomorrow, you know, because that's, that's a big one. That was certainly a big one for me it was a lot of fear around that. Like the hotter the woman was, the more afraid I seemed to get, <laughs> you know? Um, and so you don't have to go do that tomorrow. You can, you can just start with like the 5% off at Starbucks. Um, I love that. I love that. Um, and I just want to say one more thing about this before we close out, because man, I want to have two hours with you. I want to have you back on the podcast and I want to do, I want to do another episode. I, there's so much more I want to go into. Um, the last thing I'm going to say here is that I love what he said about feel it when it comes up, like actually just feel it, like sit in it for a moment. Don't just like escape. Your mind's going to want to escape that feeling. That's why you haven't been doing it unconsciously is because you don't want to go back to these feelings of shame and embarrassment and, or guilt or whatever you felt when you were a child. You don't want to go back to these feelings, but when you sit there and you're connected with your body, you start to realize all this trauma within you, all of this pain from your past starts to unravel and you start to process and move through it. And you start to release this energy from your body. And what's left is who you really are, the light and love, the authenticity, like the true expression of yourself. So even though we're talking about like fear and rejection and in your head, you might be thinking, fuck yeah, I can finally, you know, have hot, hot sex with, you know, hot women, I'm going to go do it. That's an amazing bonus, let's say, but I promise you there's real deep reasons for doing a challenge like this that are invaluable. So I really encourage you to do that. And for you, Matt, is there anywhere that if people want to connect with you or learn more about your work or what you're up to, um, where could they find you? Yeah, best place is probably Instagram or LinkedIn or yeah, LinkedIn too. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn on the professional side, but uh, as for just like fun content and doing challenges, uh, TikTok and Instagram, my handles are at Matt G. Lewis. And then on uh, LinkedIn, it's the LinkedIn address slash Lewis G. Matt. It's backwards on there. So if you're interested in real estate or finances or more of the professional side, hit me on LinkedIn. If you want to see more content challenges, getting out of my comfort zone, uh, TikTok and Instagram. I love it. Beautiful. Check them out, guys. Uh, and thank you everyone for watching. I appreciate your attention. It's your most valuable resource. And I feel honored that you've given it to us today. So thank you very much. I hope it was worth your while. And until next time, my friends, live a life that's true to you. That's it. That's a wrap. Thank you for watching or listening to this podcast episode. I hope it was valuable for you because I make these for you. I make these for people that want to transform their life to the next level and hopefully change the culture of masculinity at the same time. If you'd like to learn more about me and my work, you can check the description below and be sure to subscribe to my channel so you don't miss any updates on the next episode that I will release. Thank you so much for watching and until next time, live a life that's true to you.